Perhaps you're listening to this in your car. Perhaps you're listening to this in a very stressful situation. Perhaps you're listening to this in a not stressful situation and you're actually enjoying yourself and you're enjoying listening to a pod. It doesn't matter where you are listening. But indeed, you are listening to N.P. Edgar. I'm your host, Edgar Mobazir. Today, we are doing something that we have never done before. A roundtable discussion on the topic of film, but a specific film. Today's film is by Quentin Tarantino, his most recent in a long career, Once Upon a Time in Ellipses, Hollywood. Starring Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> and Margot Robbie. It's Are DiCaprio. You? Thank you. I have with me three distinguished and very well-versed, very, uh, how should I say, eclectic filmmakers. To my left, we have Carrie O'Neill. You know her from UCB and Rob Riggle's Ski Academy. Directly across from me, we have Shireen Yunus from Ethnically Ambiguous. And to my right, we have Anna Salinas from Bad Comics by Anna. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm a, I also make films. I, just, I don't only host a podcast. Okay, what films? I just, I'm a filmmaker. No, yes, Ian I, I said that. I want to be credited. I said that at the top. You credited me. Well, I'm sorry. That's I'm erasure. Leaving. Bye. No, I'm just kidding. I have to stay. I have to sign a contract. Yeah, you did. We all signed very <laughs> thick NDAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like five pages. <laughs> yeah, because what would we you had not... to watch Edgar's pre-show ritual. That's correct. And you can't discuss it on the podcast. Guys, we're here to talk about Quentin Tarantino's new film, mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I think more so than any of his films, perhaps when it was released and with social media and all that stuff, is causing such a strong divide on people's takes on it. Mm. Uh, yeah. uh, seems to be a very strong uh, division. But let's just start with how you guys felt about it. Carrie, how did you feel about the film? Oh, I hope I don't get myself in trouble here. Um, I felt about the film that it was fine. Yeah. Like, it was fun. It was a film about two guys hanging out. Um, It was based on Burt Reynolds and Hal Needham, which were, like, big, like, I watched all those movies with my dad, and I'm a big fan, so I knew, so I was, like, very excited for the movie to come out. And I'd say, even as a Burt Reynolds and Hal Needham fan, the movie was just fine, you know? But I I thought it was good. It was, like, a slice of life. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of your comedy, and you seem to be very influenced by movies, especially movies from those eras and stuff like that. Yes, for mm-hmm. sure. I would say also, like, I don't, like, stand Quentin Tarantino, no. at, like, above all else. Like, there's some movies I really like, and there's some movies of his I really don't. Do I think he's, like, an important filmmaker and extremely, like, culturally, culturally relevant and has affected pop culture and comedy? Yes, uh, do I think like he might be a bad guy? Maybe I don't know. I don't know him. Yeah, this is perhaps his most comedic film in, in my. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, he thinks it's like fe- I, I bet he would say like all his films are comedic. Sure, but this yeah. movie seemed to be like like you said, it was a hangout yes. film, like a hangout mm-hmm. comedy almost, where like you know, uh, uh, a lot of the punchlines in this movies come from violence. But I felt like a lot of punchlines in this movie didn't come from violence. Did you feel that at all, Anna? So you're not going to ask me what my overall opinion is? I'm going to get to was? it. Yeah, absolutely. You just want to know what I thought about the punchlines, where they stem from? Sure. Uh, I think it was varied. You had 
violence-based punchlines. Mm-hmm. And the way I'm saying that sounds so aggressive. But yeah, I, because you started yelling at me. I love the movie. But uh, <laughs> you did. You you loved it. I actually loved it. But we can get to my fuller opinion later. When you're asked, it's definitely problematic. When as you're actually asked, what we think. When he answer. properly asks us. Yeah. But look, uh, are we allowed to give spoilers? Uh, sure. Is the Wait, assumption that know. you've seen this movie? I feel if like you're people listening? will get mad if we get we take. We give okay, spoilers. sure. Don't give I don't spoilers. Know. That's, okay, that's on NPR they say spoilers ahead. Well, don't give spoilers, but just assess the movie without <laughs> giving spoilers. Okay. Well, the scene at the end, uh, I think the punchlines come from the violent beats mm-hmm. but also they come from character i also this idea that this is his funniest movie all his movies are funny yeah i felt like leonardo dicaprio's character specifically was just so like the whole the whole thrust of his story was so comedic and like you know what i mean like in a way that there's like a darkness to some i mean there was a lot of darkness in this movie as well but there's like this dark revenge kind of storyline or through line in a lot of his movies that I didn't feel sure. from this like movie. Like Christopher Waltz in Inglorious Bastards is a comedic character, but yes. there's such yeah. a darkness to it that it maybe has a slightly more dramatic edge. Where Leo is like, you know, yelling at himself sure. and being a buffoon. Or Leo in Django Unchained is like, yes. it has such a brutal Absolutely. darkness to it. But yeah. in this, it's like, you know, this this very vain actor who mm-hmm. just wants to be taken seriously again. and. You know that that conversation harmless. that conversation that he has with the mm-hmm. the eight year old actor. I think I would definitely point to that as just like that is such a long comedic beat that I don't think you see in a lot of his films. Yeah, what a great part for a kid. Yeah, yeah. Usually kids are kind of like set pieces. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was a good, really good. Role and she for her. killed it. And she was a woman. What a standout. Yeah. Standout role. I don't know. I think since you're not asking me at all what my opinion is, I'll sure. just I'll start saying what it is. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a really beautiful love letter to LA. I mm-hmm. thought it was really beautifully shot. I think as someone, I feel like maybe you guys can all relate to like being able to recognize how expensive it must have been to set dress everything as the 60s, all those driving shots, all yeah. the backgrounds, oh my like God, the billboards, so everything. Shots. And it's all on the location. Lamppost, even, yeah. even the crosswalk signs, yeah. like that was pricey as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that was my main takeaway. Like it was really beautiful. <laughs> like, oh, you spent a lot of money on this, cool. There wasn't a lot of substance for me. Uh, mm. I thought it was kind of, I and I actually I don't like calling films boring because I really do like those like hangout movies where like not a lot has to happen because mm-hmm. there's beauty mm-hmm. and simplicity. I think sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it was incredibly. I mean, I just saw it yesterday. It's very fresh in my mind. Ooh. Um, I walked to the Vista. I because I'm I, I lived next to the Vista Theater. I paid six fifty for it, and even getting there an hour early, there was a long ass line. Like oh, wow. It was so, I mean, I think it's just a very hyped movie, and I think... I mean, you went and watched the movie in Los Feliz, where I think if you were to find... At 1 p.m.? If you're going to find yeah. a, a at dense... At 1 p.m. Popu- on a Monday? If you're going to find a dense population... Well, one, we live in Los Angeles, where literally everyone is here recording this podcast at 1 p.m. Like, people don't have day jobs. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> yeah. I understand. And the Vista is a historic Hollywood theater. Yeah. Okay, regardless. Every Tarantino I do fan think... was just like, I gotta watch it at the Vista. That, but, or the new that's really? the thing. Or yeah. the dome. Or yeah, or the okay. dome, yeah. We got our bases covered. But that's, yeah, we all saw it at these crazy LA places. I um, <laughs> but I think, like, I know a, a handful of, of guys, yeah. guy, film nerd men, that mm-hmm. have seen it four times. Oh, already? Already. And they think, they quote, one of my friends said, it 
flows like music every time. And I think, <laughs> and I think that's the Has most... he ever slept with a person? Huh? Has he ever slept with a person? Name, name. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to breach that, that, that confidence Describe there. him physically. My, my point is, I think Tarantino has this ability, kind of like Harmony Corinne, where mm. film guys that are film... like self-proclaimed film buffs Mm -hmm. just like fucking jack off to this like that his whole style I do think Tarantino is talented but I don't think he's deserving of so much godly praise Mm. to the point where people are like watch his movie four times like I just there's something there that I think is a bandwagon I think it's interesting you bring up Harmony Crine because I feel the way about Spring Breakers that most people feel about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where in terms of it not feeling good as a woman. Like I watched Spring Breakers and I'm like, ugh. It, ugh no, it's grimy. This is beautiful, but ugh. You this didn't is so enjoy James Franco sucking a gun like a penis? I loved James Franco. He was the best part. <laughs> but just how fetishizing it was of like these young coming of age women grossed me out, even mm. though it was beautiful to watch. I only bring him up because I feel like there are certain Direct male directors in Hollywood mm-hmm. that film like these the certain le- lesion of film guys yeah. will latch onto mm-hmm. and glorify and, and put them on a pedestal yeah. and everything they make everything they, everything they touch is gold. I think the Safi brothers to a degree. Well, uh, they're yeah. younger, they're think, newer, they're I newer. I do think that they are are I don't know their movies are unique enough where I can see their that praise being sure. va- validated. But you're but talking Tarant- like Fincher, Tarantino, yeah. uh, Snyder, the yeah. people like that. Were mm-hmm. I mean, I was guilty of the Snyder yeah. stuff when I was. You're a lot guilty younger. of all of it, Edgar. But- <laughs> I wonder like, the epitome of a male film nerd who jacks off to these. My favorite favorite filmmaker ever is Sofia Coppola. But But, but, but but only because of who her father is. It's very true. But like, so for me, (laughs) I I think my takeaway of the film, my my letterbox review, if you guys have letterbox, you guys are film nerds like me, but my letterbox (laughs) review was four words. Less feet, more roof. (laughs) Um, If you guys have seen the film, you know the roof scene. I would love more of that. But... Um, I feel like my takeaway was all these has for his ninth film, which is like on all the billboards. Tarantino's yeah, nice I think because he said he's only going to make ten. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I'm sure that he'll make more than. 10 I mean, as I'm well. sure. Yeah, it's like when fucking Donald Glover was like, "No, we're challenging Gambino," and then like he goes on tour. Um, but uh, I think in his other films. Mm-hmm. There was this very subtle impression of a foot fetish, right? Like <laughs> feet, walking, toes, whatever. And then the story came out about how he sucks someone to- sucks someone's toes. And it's like, I feel like this film was like, oh, you think I have a foot fetish? Well, I'm going to get the biggest stars in Hollywood to show off their dirty fucking feet and the big screen. Like, look at me now. For me, that w- the whole film was a flex on how much he loves feet. I, I think you. that's a good take on that, though, because the whole time I was like, oh, he can't contain how much he loves feet. But I think it was actually tongue in cheek. Oh, 100%. It was like, you think I like feet? I'm going to get the biggest stars in Hollywood to show their dirty fucking feet on film. Yeah, a lot. I have so and much frame fu- it that, right there prominently. Like ha- there were like five different shots of the foot in the foreground, <laughs> clear. Like that was the focal point of everything, and the f- character in the back. I was like, and every time it came up, I was like, this is a fucking parody of, mm. of a. Like, yeah, you're he, right. He's doing this on purpose. He's doing it. on So purpose, for me, yeah. that was the main takeaway. Carrie, I know, I know from your comedy that you uh, you enjoy the grotesque. Uh, it's something <laughs> that, like you know, one of the most uh, terrifying things I've ever seen you do was this sketch called Couch Dad, where oh, Jacob Wysocki was. I talk about that sketch to this day. It That's is my but favorite. It's, 
Aaron Mervis wrote that sketch. God damn it. What? I I thought that you wrote that sketch. No, I wrote a lot of the crazy sketches. But me and Mervis both took the cake on Karate Karate for writing equally weird and insane stuff. Yeah, very terrifying stuff. So, uh, Hedgley, also very. I mean, yes. It goes goes very dark very quickly. (laughs) Um, How did did you feel about some of the grotesque elements in this film? Okay, well, I'm going to. I can't. I just want to say one spoiler. It's barely a spoiler, but I don't think anybody needed to punch the dog. (laughs) That was the one my big takeaway was. But the dog. dog. Uh, Is it a spoiler to say the dog? It's okay. Yeah, it was okay, yeah. but you if know, they I was killed like, that we didn't dog, need that. That, mm-hmm. that would have been too far. That, that would have been too. But that's a large element of that's a large element of westerns, right? Like in in westerns, you know who the bad person is because they kick the dog. That's where like really, oh, yeah, yeah. That's like a psycho. It's a psychological oh. thing. The, the black hat always kicks the dog, and then you go, "That's the bad guy." Oh, in the movie. Shit. oh good point. I okay. thought I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was like. Oh, this beautiful love letter to Hollywood, and then we're gonna get nasty at the end. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, "That's cool," because it yeah. was kind of like a mesh of a couple of his movies yeah. vibes, yeah. which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. And I liked like, okay, so my favorite Tarantino is probably Jackie Brown, which is Me the least absolutely, Rose. absolutely, Me too. absolutely, it's no his fucking best doubt about it. Film, best film, because he didn't write the story. But anyway, <laughs> oh, he didn't write the story. It's a, it's a Elmore Leonard. That's oh, yeah. not why it's That's the not best. Why. That is one hundred. It's like it's, all of his movies fall apart at some point in the screenplay. I don't because think he's not, all of his movies fall apart. Right. Glorious Bastards certainly does not fall apart. I think it culminates in this awesome climax. I, I did not need that last scene. But um, with the yeah, I didn't need. I trust. I trust anyone in, immediately when they say Jackie Brown's their favorite because yeah, it, because it's the most. It's so underrated. Like I was sitting next to some guy yeah. at the theater yesterday that just happened to have a conversation with me, even though I didn't want one. But um, he was like, "What's your favorite film?" I love oh, Bastards, and I was you. like, "I love Jackie Brown." He's like, "I've never even heard of that one." And that, <laughs> I was just like, "That's just a clear indication of how underrated that film is. It yeah. is such a good film. Shreed the Kidley. female characters are so good. Yeah, they, he resurrected the Pam Greer's career. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. she was phenomenal in it." Yeah, and then, like, but I would say, like, so that movie, when Robert De Niro, like, murders the chick in that movie, Mm -hmm. that's, like, that, to me, is, like, more problematic than what happened in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that's his, that's him using the grotesque and violent as comedy. Yeah. Mm. But, like, he gunned it all the way in this, which Mm -hmm. worked more for me than, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? If it was Mm. more on the parody. Yeah, it felt felt heightened and stuff like that. He saved it till the end. He was like, oh, you've made it this far. There's no quintessential... Quentin Tarantino like violent comedy. Yeah, I'm going to bank it all at the end, fucking throwing a flamethrower. Like you know what mm. I mean. Like, but everything... earn it, earn the flamethrower. No, I mean I, I'm just I I feel like he. These are spoilers. I'm sorry. They're not spoilers. They're I'm not like, right. I don't think. I, yeah. I'm not saying what happened. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. No. If you've gotten this far, you've probably seen the movie. Yeah. Right, Let's I mean, people have seen it four times by now. Oh my God, I was going to say, Shireen, like, that guy should let someone else take yeah, a seat. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Shireen, it seems like you, you, uh, you had no idea that we were going to be talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, I but didn't. once I said it, something unleashed well, in you. Well, you just saw you, uh, it. It's so fresh. Yeah, <laughs> but there seems to be a, an almost an anger uh, uh, towards perhaps some of Tarantino's male audience. It's not an anger. I just think a lot of. Film male film directors are idolized and put on a pedestal in a really glorified, mm-hmm. d- annoying way. Mm-hmm. And I think film Twitter or film dudes will just like, I don't know, if you disagree with their opinion, you don't think you don't know about film. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Yeah. And I think Tarantino's fans in particular have that aspect to them, where mm-hmm. there's like, you don't like 
Like, you, you can't, like, quote back to me every line of Pulp Fiction. You don't know about film. Like, mm. it's just like, go get a fucking life. I don't, yeah. I don't know. People do that with The Godfather, too. Yeah. I don't know. I just think, yeah. I think Tarantino almost encourages this, like, oh, I also have a theory. I'll get to that later. I don't know. I'm going to stop rambling. I'm not angry. I'm well, just, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I agree about, and I'm glad that you're not mad at the movie because mm-hmm. you don't like Quentin Tarantino's fans. Because I, yeah. I feel like the foot fetish thing mm-hmm. has like shaded the way people think of him. Like mm-hmm. now he's a a kinky weird guy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, but he used it to his advantage in this one. Yeah, but also yeah. like, so like, why is he being put on trial right now? Like he. It did some Harvey Weinstein type shit. So here yeah. is one, and look, as someone who absolutely loves Tarantino, also agrees with you on the fans, though. Yeah, I, I also agree. Yeah, everyone has those fans. I mean, like, not everyone, but like a lot of male film directors will have a legion of fans that are just like, I'm gonna see it four times if it's like music. Oh, yeah, Culture Kings has those fans. Yeah, I'm, unfortunately, like it's just like there haven't been those opportunities for female directors exactly. oh, to get to all. that level. Not but that's yeah. not Quentin Tarantino's fault. So I think yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. It's a balancing of. Now here is the criticism leveled against him in the era of Me Too. He had a stunt with Uma Thurman. Yeah, and Kill Bill. And Kill Bill, where. She what got hurt? She got hurt. They, he said that they, they they said that he was careless with her safety, mm-hmm. and he told her to keep doing it even though she was uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. that, in the context of, for example, hateful eight, um, using Jennifer Jason Lee's character as a like beating her up as a punchline, is the criticism leveled against? I think this film coming to a head. I think if Django and Chain came out today, it would get just as much backlash, if not more. Um, and I think on, with, on 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 the same thing of violence against women. No, just should he be telling this movie? Mm. That's a good point. Um, and I think with each year he becomes a little more outdated in that respect. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and I'm also stealing from this op-ed that I sent you, Edgar. What was it? Was it, it was the New York Post Times? one? Or was it the New York Post? Was it the one that was like it, basically Quentin Tarantino's Times Up? No, 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 okay. not that. Oh, I didn't like that one. Uh, <laughs> like what? What have you? What have you done? No, yeah. not at all. Um, but I think so. That's that's all valid, mm. and also the depiction of Bruce Lee has yeah. gotten some criticism yeah, from his daughter. His daughter. Uh, those things can all be true about a film and a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? He he probably could mentor female filmmakers to a greater degree. You know, like I think there's an exclusionary aspect there. He could work with. Uh, more diverse DPs instead of what's his name Richardson. But he, he doesn't like, have. Yeah. But the the thing is, he doesn't even have that inclination or not or at all desire. Not and, at all. and that's where the normalcy happens of just like putting women aside, either as punching bags or whatever. Yeah. And I do, I I do want to bring up. I agree with what you said about how he's been so influential as a filmmaker. So many like like iconic film scenes are from Tarantino movies. Like mm-hmm. he's created, he's kind of created his own genre. Oh, 100%. Like a, a Tarantino genre. Mm. Yeah. And he's, I think he is very talented, but um, my, and I, I, I back to the foot thing, uh, I don't want to <laughs> kink shame. And I'm actually proud of him for expo- like being yeah, so shameless about it. wrong it's about actually, having it's a It's actually fetish. pretty b- beautiful to be like, I love feet. This is how much I love feet. <laughs> um, so I think it's like when I saw it, I was like, good for you, Quentin. Um, but my, and, and I don't think he deserves to be like 
me too the same way like Weinstein was. I don't mm-hmm. think his. I mean, I think or Casey some, Affleck or something. Yeah, I think like the stunt who was thing, barely me too. If we're being honest, yeah, I, that's the pro. Like, but there's a gray area yeah. to those. Like, what? How mon- How much of a monster are you? Mm. I feel like. Uh, Claire Denis said this about High Life mm-hmm. when someone asked her, like, why were the women not given such interesting roles and you, and you brutalized women in this movie uh-huh. but, and the, mm-hmm. but didn't really showcase them? And she said, I'm a filmmaker, not a social worker. Like, wow. it's not my job mm. to my the story I'm telling maybe isn't a woman's story. And that's kind of how I feel about what's going on with Quentin Tarantino yes. right now. Like, he... I, I don't want to see a movie that has every person represented, every gender yeah. represented, and everyone who has equal lines. Like, I, I, I don't think you don't need right. to do That's that. not solving anything. The issue is that there's not enough opportunities for or, women and people of color 100%. to even become a Tarantino mm-hmm. style. Yeah. Or, you know Let what I mean? artists make their yeah. art. We can level the criticism, but they should still make it. Yeah. I want more that's Quentin Tarantino well, films. That's, why, that's I just, why I get sad that Jackie Brown isn't as popular. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so different than his other films. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't appeal, perhaps, to that like exactly. uh, like white male gaze. Yeah, my exactly. friend was like having dinner with a with a group of friends who I'll just call white feminists, <laughs> and like you know we've had discussions before to <laughs> to like they were all gonna go and see the movie, mm-hmm. and I th- my friend had already seen it. And they were all talking. They were like, I'm ready to walk out. Like, what what are you going to go and see it for? Like, Mm. honestly, if you're so upset that Margot Robbie didn't have lines in the movie because you read an article that someone at Cannes asked it one question, then don't go see the movie. Like, what's the issue? Yeah, mine's already made up. Yeah. And And she was so good in it, too. And Sharon Tate was not famous. Mm -mm. Sharon Tate was on the verge. And I think that that's part of why she wasn't given this huge role in the movie you know in the movie the movie is about these two guys hanging out yeah it's not about Sharon Tate no yeah but it is confusing that you have these guys who are clearly based on real guys Mm -hmm. then you are saying this guy's Bruce Lee and this is Sharon Tate I would say that that's a bit confusing and let's either make everyone fictional or real or something and maybe the backlash could have been would have been less had he not explicitly been Bruce Lee like yeah, I see. What but you're I think saying. there's like a, a a dream. They were saying that possibly that's a dream sequence. Oh, I, uh, oh. Zed Ketzinger, shout out to Zed. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, told me that there's a theory. I don't know if it's right, but that perhaps the roof scene was what he thought would happen uh. if he got that job. Oh, oh, interest. Because I did. I asked Edgar about that. I was like, Are we flashing back or what? Yeah, I mean, I literally was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, was that Bruce Lee's well, reputation?" And if you were wondering, my response to Anna was, "Please stop talking to her." No, it wasn't. <laughs> you confidently looked at me and said, "It's a flashback, duh." No, I did not. Yeah, um, you did. Always does. But that. The, but I think you told you said this before I saw the movie. But mm-hmm. it is a very Tarantino thing to like be like to revise history. Yes, you know? yeah, and so. That's what- yeah, Glorious Bastards. Exactly. Though. So it's yeah. like it's not, it wasn't like surprising to me that those iconic people are in the film. I think it was interesting to go after I saw it and see like Sharon Tate's sister really loved the like her depiction of her like of Margot Robbie's depiction of her. Oh, or, like it did or, feel like an ode to her. A it bit. was yeah the, the, with the, the real scene. footage of her. Yeah, I felt like she the role was meaty, even though mm. she didn't have a lot of lines. Like going into it, 
thinking knowing that this was like a criticism of the movie and then seeing her yeah i I remember thinking like maybe the third scene like is this the first time she's talking no she spoke before like yeah you don't need to talk so much but because it's a tarantino and the movie's so dialogue heavy i understand but we watch herself in the theater yeah Yeah. and that was like the most beautiful the shit out of yeah Yeah, Yeah. before seeing it my friend was like all she does is dance and then i saw it and i was like that's all she did like there was a lot of emotion that Robbie expressed that I really loved. Yeah. Also, Margot Robbie isn't a dummy, right? Like, she wouldn't pick a movie where she had two lines. She's aware of how big of an actor she I mean, is. So yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, she didn't have that much to do. And I, I did see Suicide Squad. I mean, she wasn't doing too much else <laughs> no. in Suicide yeah, Squad. And either. Honestly, you know Suicide I mean? Squad, to me, way more problematic toward women. So is Focus as well, where, you know, literally she's just there to be Will Smith's. Like twenty five year younger girlfriend. Wait, what movie? Focus. Oh, I never. But I mean, like, I feel like that was earlier. I mean, like, she's done Wolf of Wall Street. She did. uh, I Tanya. I I Tanya. Yeah. Trying to name that name. I mean, it's a Quentin film. You're not gonna say no. No. Yeah. Exactly. You know, Al Pacino had what five lines. He was great. But he was so good. (laughs) When Um, we return, we'll discuss uh, a topic that could not escape my mind when I watched a film. More on NB Edgar. Welcome back to NP Edgar. Again, we're here with Carrie O'Neill, Shereen Eunice, and Anna Salinas discussing the film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. One of my favorite movies of the last 10 years is a film oh. called... I Zero that, Dark. I thought that's how I was going to end. That was going to end. This is no. my favorite movie. <laughs> no, no, no. One of my favorite movies of the last ten years is a film called Zero Dark Thirty, directed by one of my favorite directors, Catherine. Goodwell. I feel like you're just bragging and saying no. I like a female director. I will if you'd let me get to my point. You'd realize how wrong you were. Uh, <laughs> Typical telling uh, a woman she's wrong. Catherine Bigelow's the film, although I really enjoyed it, was completely shut out from the Oscars because people felt like her depiction of torture in the film was uh, 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 celebrating torture. They felt Mm -hmm. like because she was showing it, it meant that she endorsed it. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a lot of things in Tarantino movies that happen that on the outside world we'd consider problematic. Black speak is one, for example. The use of the N-word is one. Violence Mm -hmm. against women. uh, uh, Rape. A A lot of things can happen in his movies. Do we as filmmakers here believe that depiction is endorsement uh what level of depiction do you find to be endorsement like what how much is there an amount is it a quantity thing is it how it's being depicted how do you feel about it yes carrie i don't know if i ever think depiction is Mm -hmm. is endorsement Mm. like so i would also just really quick my boyfriend and i saw the movie we both have the same opinion as Mm -hmm. as we all do and yet we still got into like a two-hour heated like (laughs) almost fight where he we're Uh we're not fighting but Mm -hmm. like talking about what other people were saying last Mm -hmm. night and the black speak thing came up which Mm. i think is like that was like such a big thing like spike lee was was like telling him he can't say that who's ready to fight and that was the first time that 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 was before it's like we all knew this is not chill to say this you know what i mean like i'd say that was like yeah and that was where we kind of diverge and so i'm not gonna say like there is this argument that like quentin tarantino was so influenced by um black exploitation black exploitation and mm-hmm. soul music mm-hmm. and black culture mm-hmm. that he i that his depiction of that was an endorsement of it so then saying that his use of the n-word is an endorsement of it mm. but i would say growing up in a very racist place like 
you know, yeah, that character Jimmy in Pulp Fiction probably would say the N-word. And he, his yeah. wife was a black woman. And so mm-hmm. he, he, Quentin is saying as a filmmaker that this guy character would think it's okay for him to say this word. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get into like Reservoir Dogs and Django and, you know, it's like, well, I yeah. don't think you needed to say it that much, buddy. Like, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I don't know. Has yeah. Quentin ever gotten in trouble for saying it himself, though? I mean, he says it in uh, Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Like, oh, oh, like, but he's he, the yeah, character yeah, in Paul. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, cameo, as a person, yeah. I don't think we have evidence because, of him because, saying it as a person. Yeah. Because there's, I, I, I'm reminded of the whole Louis C.K. and uh, was it Chris Rock and Seinfeld in that video? Thing. Yeah. So, but then, uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, it's a video so, where uh, yeah. Chris Rock, where so, Louis so C.K. Yeah. and Ricky, uh, Louis C.K. is telling Ricky Gervais that he should use the N word in stand up because he does it all the time. And, oh. then and then they both start real? laughing. Yeah. Yes, this is, it's like that. Remember when they did that special? Like it was like comedians on comedy. Oh, yeah. it's like it's a uh, it's Seinfeld, it, Gervais, CK, and Rock. Seinfeld, mm-hmm. Rock, and Gervais. And so yes. when, the thing that was really problematic that people saw was CK saying that I can say this word, and Chris Rock laughing, being like, "Yeah, you're a white and like like you're you're a lot like he almost yeah you get it, you it. here you have a pass exactly but, and I think. I think there must have been someone for Tarantino that did the same thing. You know oh, I mean? 100%. I mean, I mean, he's saying the N-word yeah. to Samuel L. Jackson's face in that exactly. scene in Pulp Fiction. Um, but, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a very uh, interesting point. I, I also, going back to the whole CK thing, uh, yeah, that, that really rubbed me the wrong way uh, as well, seeing Chris Rock allow him to say it. But then, uh, and then Seinfeld something... had to be the one to be like, "That's not okay." Yeah, that's and then, very weird. As a white guy yeah. to tell a black to be in a room with a black guy yes. and CK being like, "Are you allowed to say that?" And then Rock is laughing, and CK is like, "You're being PC or whatever." The context. Well, was. CK and Rock's relationship is very, very complicated. The CK has written a lot of his films. We were talking about this yeah, after we a saw the movie. Shocking amount. Uh, he also wrote and directed Hootie Tank, but that's uh, which problem. is like a, a beloved black movie but it's uh, like uh, nobody should get passed for anything mm. and the other thing is like okay yeah. back in like there were times where like people in my neighborhood got passes but it's like who i guess you could say it in front of the person who said they were exactly. okay with you saying it but mm-hmm. you can't exactly. say it in front of anybody else but like, that's what i'm what saying are you so about? like yeah. so tarantino i'm sure must have gotten a pass at some point sure. so he felt the he felt that he was he was someone that was allowed to use it sure. i don't think that excuses anything i think it's really problematic because this fucking legion of followers would be uh-huh. like, well, I respect cult- black culture too, but I'm, I can use it because he did. So then you do feel like depiction is endorsement. I don't think it's endorsement. I think it should be treaded upon lightly. Mm. I love Catherine Bigelow. Personally, I haven't seen that movie yet because I, as a Middle Eastern woman mm-hmm. that has a lot of history like family history about the Middle East. I I've always found it really hard to even broach that movie. Sure, absolutely. Um I've heard really good things, but I do think Tarantino included depiction of violence is so normalized and it's, and it's so disgusting to me how much more normal it is than like sex. How much more especially like, in the states. Yeah, like oh, nipples yeah. are like not allowed, but I can mm-hmm. see like literally in Tarantino's movie skulls getting bashed in. They the, the, the way that they torture some of the or Middle Easterners in uh in uh, yeah. Zero Dark yeah. Thirty is pretty gruesome. And I've uh, heard those things and yeah. I don't and I can't watch it just yet. Maybe I will eventually. But she had the same uh, uh accusation against her film Detroit recently, which was another movie that mm-hmm. was a That what she shouldn't be the one. That the violence in it is so 
gruesome where they're just like, why is a white woman telling this story? Uh, which I don't think it's about. I mean, for me, it's not about the person that's telling it. Mm. It's more about you how, don't want to see that. It's not about me not wanting to see it, but it does make me question how normal violence is. Like whether it's through video games and Halo and like the skull. Like, it just like it makes it so normal. You know. I'll say this. I don't like violence. I was going to say, uh, 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 for someone that, uh, you know, I, but, I felt like you defended Tarantino's movie a lot, but I know why, exactly where your eyes yes. were during that, that Look, very violence. I don't scene. like violence in movies. It's why I don't really like Reservoir Dogs. It's like, it's why parts of Pulp Fiction are too much to me. And yet, I love Kill Bill. I love the way the violence is depicted in Kill Bill. I can handle Inglorious Bastards, I can handle most of Django. In this movie, I enjoyed the fight scene. There were some moments where I did look away. So for me, violence is not super normalized. I didn't grow up with video games. I don't know what it is. Like I had no interest in Midsummer. Um, as a Swede, yeah, as a Swede. But I, um, I think. Have you guys ever heard of? I forget what his name is, but he made this doc. He makes a bunch of these docs. They're not quite docs. One of them is called Hypernormalization. Mm-mm. I'm gonna Google. Oh. Huh? No, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Hold on, see his name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. They're not quite docs because he's like a theorist, Mm -hmm. and so he's presenting what he thinks. Mm -hmm. But I would say about Zero Dark Thirty. um, How did we know? Like something that this guy brings up is how did we know we were at war? What were the pictures that we saw about war? Mm. It was a person standing with a microphone. It was all media. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like the Iraq War, Mm -hmm. and so. The stuff that happens in that movie or in these like movies, that's that's real and that's happening. And maybe people, I, I also don't, there's a lot of stuff I can't take. And like, mm-hmm. I, wa- I wanted to walk out of that Claire Denis movie. It was like so violent, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But I think like for people who have it in them to see that, like that's really what's going on. That's sure. happening, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like that's fucked up and it's happening and we don't ever see that part. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why like it's so easy to go about our everyday like life and be like, all right, I guess like Trump's the president and whatever, whatever. You know, maybe if we saw more of that stuff depicted, we more people, I think we are starting to see it now. And that was my argument for the film Detroit. My my, My argument for the film Detroit was just like black people skip it, white people should absolutely watch it. Because like you said, our understanding of what the civil rights movement was and the violence around then and the riots in Detroit are just mm-hmm. media. It's just people in front of microphones mm-hmm. talking. Yeah. We're like, oh, but you don't understand how much the police tortured those young men in that hotel and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a necessary uh, – uh, 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 well, not necessary, maybe not necessary, but I do think that there's value in people swallowing the reality of it. It's one yeah. of the reasons why I refuse to watch When They See Us. I I, I, yeah. I have experienced that myself. I've experienced that kind of torture from the police. I don't want to watch it. I do think, however, every single white person should watch it because their understanding of it is through such a a a, uh, a removed lens that I think sometimes with cin- cinema, it can achieve a voyeuristic effect Just that white can people? make you sympathetic. Yeah, absolutely. People who don't necessarily have interactions with the police all the time. Yeah, I mean, I agree 100% with what you guys are saying mm. um, and wait i also just want yeah, not to cut ahead. you off but yeah, i also want to say like that's cool that you know that that movie is not a movie that you want to see and that you're not ready to see but you're not like fuck that movie no. nobody should see that movie yeah like, that's this white feminist say, slant that yes no, I'm, yes i've dealt with enough white feminists to know that they're my worst fucking enemy but um 
I did not say any of this. Please, uh, uh, you go to their mentions. Keep my mentions. Yeah. Before we came in, Edgar was like, "Bring up white feminism." But but to both of you, to alienate my audience. Let's talk about lemonade, guys. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But to both of your points, I 100% agree that Mm. they should exist for teaching moments. I do think that sometimes, even when they see us. Why people don't think it's for them? Like they, yes. they think, it's, oh, this is black entertainment. Like no. you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's on the BET channel. Um, uh, but uh, was it that same guy who said it was like music I, every time? I just time? made up that quote. So, okay. I, I have I have a point. So those things mm-hmm. that are based in reality, that are whether it's about war, whether it's Detroit, all these things, those are learning moments in history that we want people to see. However. When violence is depicted as fun, that's what I have a problem with. Tarantino, like the last scene of What's Upon a Time in Hollywood, that's mm-hmm. a fucking party. Like, are yeah, you shitting me? Like, that's that's the the main. I mean, this is not a spoiler when I say that the leads are like doing extreme things. Like, the, yeah. like these lovable leads that you've been following the whole time are capable of doing atrocious things. Mm. And I think making violence seem fun. Especially like going back to like it's the whole it's it's he's not Tarantino's not the only one to blame it's media it's it's Halo like mass shooters getting AK forty seven shooting up a theater it's so easy to be violent because it makes it seem fun and I think Tarantino is guilty of making that fun and I don't and but he's not the, it's I have it, a counter to you okay. it's not, I also agree with you yeah. so it's not really a counter but uh so for example in Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. We see the Christopher Waltz and the Nazis brutally shoot all of our lead's family. Mm-hmm. And then she runs away in blood. And it's it's a very shocking scene. Uh, so then at the end, when she blows up the movie theater, it is fun. It's celebratory. There is a delight in it. But it comes from that revisionist history revenge narrative. My argument, perhaps, maybe this is not true. I think this is present in a lot of Tarantino's films. Um, the violence in the at the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood doesn't come from an on-screen motive of violence mm-hmm. that we see, but rather our collective knowledge of how brutally Sharon Tate was killed so that when we see her would-be killers brutally attacked like that and killed, there is a celebration in delight in the revenge aspect of it. Yeah, I think, though, my only issue with that, and this is the issue I kind of had with Django Unchained, especially uh-huh. when I watched it with white audiences, sure. is that white audiences get to delight in it as well. And uh-huh. when they delight in it, what are they doing? They're excusing themselves. They go, hell yeah, those bad guys got what was coming to them. And then from that, everyone else kind of lets go of the part that they play in it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is the sure. most dangerous about that it, these is revenge dangerous. theory movies. And it is, is everyone goes, yeah. hell yeah, we got the bad guys. End of period. Right. Where what I, I found like with Django and Chan was like, yeah, it's dope to see slave masters killed, but there's a whole history of what happens to those slaves afterwards with Jim Crow. There's a whole history of what happens with civil sure. rights. There's a whole history of what's happening with police brutality and violence that everyone gets to kind of walk away from because they go... We got them. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I just don't sure. think a movie's gonna solve that, which of is why it's mm. like I feel like bottom line, like I agree, and what you said made me think like, okay, like, yeah, because Kill Bill is a different style of movie, and because like mm-hmm. all the, like those grind movies he made, yeah, like, the grindhouse films, the grindhouse yeah. were a different kind of movie. We can maybe even excuse the fun violence, but because this was very slice of life, real mm-hmm. life, some of these are real people. Like mm-hmm. it almost felt excessively violent, and mm. it was safe for the end. Like yeah. I can see yeah. that. But also it's just like, 
whether the movie's violent or not, whether it has a, a woman who's saying as many lines as the male lead or not, like mm-hmm. none of it is going to fix once the movie's over. Whoever's a misogynist is going to go back to being a misogynist. Exactly. Whoever was going to be, you know what I mean? Like yeah. racist is yeah. going to go back to being racist. Mm. So at the end of the day, I don't think that movies or or violence in movies or are an endorsement of anything. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like, man, like, you know, I wanted to make a freaking stupid web series about like me and my friend moving to L.A. Like. Yeah, you know, well, that's I, not well, my those are the most whatever. racist, violent things I've ever no, seen. They really are. I but do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> like I think Quentin Tarantino's movie is just like the no, idea of like the web series about me and my friend moving to LA. It's like that's what yeah. you want to make, right? Like, yeah. We have to, we yeah. have to stop. You make the story you want to make, and we are. I think it is so valid to level the criticism, like the criticism of Bruce Lee. Like, yeah, that's that's so valid. Um, but it is. Quentin Tarantino is going to make the films he makes because that is his artistic truth. And you, Shireen, would make a very different movie and a movie that is, I'm talking to you as if I'm like arguing with you, but I'm not. I'm fully agreeing with you. But it's like that your movie is important and valid. And it's a shame, going back to what we were talking about earlier, that someone like Quentin is going to be worshipped while it's harder for you to reach that level of fame. Exactly. And to back to your point, filmmakers are not social workers. I 100% agree with Claire, I always say her name wrong, Claire Denise. Yeah. Her assessment on that because it's not the f- director's or writer's responsibility to know how the audience will perceive his film or her film. Mm. In Tarantino's case, I do understand like for you, you you watched it, you knew it was this fantasy about Sharon Tate's murderers or mm-hmm. whatever. I honestly didn't get that at first. I don't know a lot of the history of, like, American, like, uh, I don't know. We, I just didn't grow up on American cinema. Sure. I didn't, I had to, like, read about it after the fact, being like, oh, like, That's I didn't grow up here, yeah. watching Black You didn't and White. know about Charles Manson? Not really, not until I was an adult. Like, I, my, I just didn't know anything about American, what's the word? Like, uh, culture. There's no. like, 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 like pop, pop, pop culture. culture. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, my parents didn't listen to like anything. And as everyone white. knows, Sharon Tate getting murdered is one of the biggest pop culture moments of the 60s. It was. That's, I didn't know. That's when the. I didn't know 60s anything ended, about that, right? I'm just being a dick. No, but I really continue. don't know. It was on a lot VH1, about... I Love the 60s. Yeah. And... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my just... favorite was Michael Ian Black. My it favorite moment is when they killed Sharon Tate. It's a pivotal moment. <laughs> I, but I think I think back to like the audience's takeaway. I think you're Michael in Black of Russia. Is crazy. The, <laughs> the, that who that was? There are so many impressionable people in this world, mm. and it, and it's not our responsibility as creatives to take it upon ourselves to know how they're going to take it. Sure. For example, people watch Natural Born Killers and were inspired mm. to go kill people. That's not the filmmaker's fault. You know what I mean? It's also like, a well, Tarantino. Also, that's also a Tarantino film. Is it? He wrote, he wrote it. He wrote Natural Born Killers. I mean, I, I feel, love and I like and did that he? Film he also lot. wrote uh, True Romance, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I feel like the media, okay, this is weird and totally probably my personal opinion, but I think that nowadays shooters and, and people are trying to do this so that they'll be remembered and their name will be known. 1,000%. Yeah, and that's not I weird. think that after Columbine, the way that Marilyn Manson was blamed and music was blamed, I feel like that is now shading. Like, oh, well, movies and, and all of this media should be held cul- right. culpable. But it's like, well, it's actually happening and the government is doing all this violence and torturing too. Yeah. And it's not really anybody's job. Like, and I don't know that movies make people, movies probably make some people 
go out and kill and and also give people the idea oh it's probably easy for me to get a gun or you know what i mean Mm -hmm. or or whatever i don't think anybody is like gonna watch the tarantino and be like I want to kill. Like, I don't think exactly. anybody listened no, to Marilyn yeah. Manson was like, I want to kill. Yeah. Right. And, and I and I think that point. we just, just live in a violent world that yeah. sucks. Mm. And you don't know what's going to affect, mm-hmm. what's going to influence someone to become a violent person. And it's not a creative person's job to think like, oh, I shouldn't put this in because maybe someone will see it and get triggered or whatever. I think, yeah, you should make art that's your truth. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Like, uh, but yeah. I, I think... There isn't like a objectively like talented filmmaker in Tarantino. Like he's yeah. just a talented person. But I, yeah. but I, but no one's per. No one is going to make everyone happy. What's sad is yeah. nobody can be held culpable for the violence yeah. and the active shootings and everything that's going on. And so yeah. I think like looking to put it on Marilyn Manson no. or metal music or violent movies like mm-hmm. is just truly like okay now I can say this is it. Yeah. And, some people need that, just yeah. like some people need religion, yeah. just like, you know what I mean? So and, Yeah, and all those things are a product of a violent culture. Yeah, yeah, but now as a person who wants to create, like, film in Hollywood, it's like, well, do I have to worry about that, too? Because, like, yeah. I have enough to worry about, like, I just want to create interesting and compelling characters yeah. and tell the stories I want to tell and, like, having to worry about this whole other thing. Like, I, it's so... It, it, so much pressure like we have to take that off of ourselves you know yeah i think there's a lot of pressure now in 2019 and there will continue to be pressure like if really any of quentin's movies came out today it would be just as much backlash of course um from the from the tipping conversation at the beginning of reservoir dogs alone because i mean i've been on twitter and i've watched that conversation turn into death threats Every like where people are like should you tip and stuff like that. That comment, that first scene would get torn apart on Twitter, and it's almost the most inoffensive thing in that film. For sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, like that movie just is like. I mean, I guess like the whole argument is like, oh, these like dumb Italian white guys would be saying the n word this much and saying yeah. this and that, and mm-hmm. it's like to a degree, yeah. Like I could kind of buy that in the Pulp Fiction version. Like mm-hmm. this is a dumb, but it's like, well, you don't need to use that device in all of these movies. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. When we return, we'll talk a little bit more with these three very talented filmmakers on NB Edgar. Welcome back to NB Edgar. Again, we are here with Anna Selena, Shereen Yunus, and Carrie O'Neill. Guys, they are saying that this is the penultimate Quentin Tarantino film. Mm. He's covered a variety of genre, a variety of subject. What are your guesses, if any, of what Quentin's last It's Star Trek, film... he's already said. Wait, really? Did he say that? Yeah, it's Star Trek. Well, he's directing a Star Trek film. I mean, He said Star Trek is his last film. That's going to be Wait, his I last film. I thought he was film. talking to Uma Thurman about a Kill Bill 3. But that would be a part of Kill Bill, which wouldn't count as a 10th film, I suppose. Maybe. I, he, if, okay, if we're to believe him when he says this is his penultimate, he has also said Star Trek is his next film. If I were to believe Yeah, but I think man. we're talking about films that he writes and creates himself. I think that's going to be. He's, he's 
co-writing the Star Trek But he Trek didn't script. come up with this, the Star Trek. Oh, I think original. I Lord. think if you Google it, Star Trek is his stated last film. Okay, we'll see. And I also don't think I actually care that much. Like, I think mm. we should just wait for him to make another film. I think yeah, this making, is so, making, it's making his like, word like a Bible, like, it just makes me so, like, sorry. I don't want to be, like, that angry <laughs> person that every, gets angry about everything. But, like, I think, I just, I don't know why I have such an issue with... I don't know being being like, idolizing someone to an extent where like I don't I get I it. I don't know. I don't know. I I think like mm-hmm. I just I, think, I'm making sense. Is my anger? Coming? Yeah, no, yeah, you are. Yeah. This is the same kind of conversation you I was talking about. You also sat next to that guy who said it flows like music <laughs> yeah. every moment. And I've never seen Jackie Brown. But this is the same yeah. kind of conversation I had with my boyfriend who we had the same side, but it's like uh-huh. turns into this heated you mm-hmm. feel heated about it cuz yeah. it's like I don't know why why is this movie Right. So like yeah. getting people like bo- boiling up, but I would say it's very cheesy to be like, I'm just going to make 10 movies. It's yeah. like, seems like an atten- a-, a ploy for attention. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying like, you're- I also understand putting like a cap on your work, I guess, yeah. but like, you know what, then you're going to do nothing and then you're going to probably want to make another it's a good movie. Question. It's, 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 I, I think it's do. a 100% ploy for attention. The box office for his 10th film are, are going to be through the fucking roof. I this, mean, already this, this was his was most, the yeah, yeah, it's already the top one. And I think, I think my problem with idolizing someone also stems from like social media and mm-hmm. this idea of following to it like verbatim everything someone says. I purposely don't follow any celebrities on my Instagram. I only follow people I know personally and NASA. I'm not trying to be like woke about that. That's crazy because you follow me and I'm a huge celebrity. I know you're right. I feel like if I only followed people who I knew, I would be more depressed. Like the celebrities <laughs> give me a little bit more like, okay, great. Like I'm glad you're doing good. I, yeah. I'm not saying anything. I mean. I, there's nothing wrong with following celebrities. That's all I'm trying to say. No, but no, I no. do think there's something about, I don't know, following. I don't. I don't know what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I, there's I, the worship of yeah, celebrity worship that is dangerous, and it's the same way that people are defending to the last Quentin's every single choice, even though some of it is truly problematic mm-hmm. in 2019. So I have some clarification on the Star Trek thing. Quentin yeah. Tarantino has written the most recent uh, a Star Trek script, but it uh, it hasn't been announced yet whether or not he'll be directing it. So he if will he be. was, it has not been announced yet whether okay. or not he'll be directing and it. And also, he does count he Kill Bill count- one and two as yes. one movie, so oh, Kill does. Bill three oh. would be counted as just Kill Bill. Yes, mm. and so he has said okay. if he were to direct this Star Trek movie. He would count it as his tenth, and, and would, would not. it flow like music? Uh, there's no, there's no <laughs> comment on that. My friend, but to honest point, Star show. Trek would be his last movie if he Thank did commit you. to directing it. But Edgar, so can you just say the words "Anna, you are right"? Anna, you are right. Uh, but he has not committed. That's so interesting. <laughs> if a Star Trek movie is Quentin's last movie, it is yeah. kind what of like, it's, I, it's plot twist. It's so perfect for him. He who worships Hollywood, mm-hmm. and he's got to sell out. Yeah, yeah. But he also is a huge Trekkie. Yeah. This, I think, is his ode to Hollywood before he goes full tilt industry and does the that's franchise. I think you might be right. I think it's a good point. Good um, take, Anna. Good take. Thank you so much. I've. I didn't realize it. you were such a Tarantino fan. Honestly. Me either. I kind of thought I am. <laughs> I was worried when I saw it was three women that one of us would be like, "This movie sucked, and I hate it." Oh and my I was god! Like, oh my god! I hope I don't get in trouble. It was I have a, a little gift. faith in my curation. That film well, I mean, was you asked me an hour before, and I knew, I knew. I also, who am I replacing? Take. Is what yeah, I want to know. Same. There's yeah. no one that you guys are replacing. You guys honestly want to know who you're replacing? Jaquise in a completely <laughs> different episode. Would Jaquise, did did Jaquise watch the movie? I don't know, but Jaquise and I were going to do an episode where we uh, traded playlists with each other. Oh, wow. Cool. 
Oh, wait. So just trust me. No one's replacing it. Can anyone. I ask you guys, uh, did you guys think the movie was too long? Mm-mm. No, I, I appreciate a long movie. Didn't drag. I mean, no, it was such a like whatever, but yeah. I, that was like something people were saying. A lot of people were like, it was too long. And I was waiting. No. I kind of was like thinking there was going to be another 30 minutes yeah, after oh, yeah. the end. Yeah, yeah. same. And I, was I like, can't oh, believe it was it? three hours. I, no, I, I was like, I, what? It, yeah. I mean, to watch a movie that length, I feel like the theaters is the perfect place. Because I'm currently trying yeah. to watch uh, Once Upon a Time in America because uh, a uh, a guy on the airplane aggressively told me I should watch it, and I cannot get through it because it's it's almost I think three hours and a half, and it's so long I can't get. Yeah, through you it need the people around you to exactly. hold you culpable. Yeah, exactly. the dark lights. Yeah, no it's, also, it's also yeah. just like I I think sometimes movie is long just for the purpose of being like look what we did, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of time like oh, any Ingmar Bergman film. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I do love Bergman though. Um, some of his stuff a little problematic too. In this day and age, yeah, I think a lot of all of them are. But I also love every single one. Wild strawberries. Even everyone today is going to be problematic in ten years. Yeah, it's like it's unsolvable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But long movies are like there are so many good long movies, and I think this one was one that flowed nicely. They had vignettes that kind of went together, and um, I didn't think it felt too long. The multiple storylines helped. But my, my for example, my parents thought it was white. My parents were so bored. Oh, your mother's <laughs> your mother's text about the movie is so funny. I mean, my parents, my mom. I love she my mom. Hated mom's, it, right? My, I mean, she also. I mean, like, just some background on my mom. Do not hate on my mom. She's an angel, but like, she loves like the Greatest Showman, which is like so pure. I just yes. love that she loves the Greatest Showman yes. and loves Hugh Jackman. But like, she'll text me her like movie reviews every once in a while, and they just they light up my heart. And and I'll just, I just want to maybe just read some. Um, yeah, anyone. The first thing she texted me was, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a waste of time and money. <laughs> it was boring and slow, and I almost fell asleep. The two superstars are good, but they didn't have material to work with, except <laughs> one scene for Leonardo. Um, my best scene is Brad Pitt on the roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no Hell complaints yeah. there. No so complaints there. She did. She appreciated, the she appreciated the good parts, yeah. and I think there's a, there's a, there's, Tarantino is not for everybody, especially mm-hmm. an older generation that doesn't want to sit through three hours of like nothing is happening. There's no yeah. climax. There's no like third act. Wherever, like you know what I mean. Like there's just this different structure where I think certain film lovers will appreciate more than others. Absolutely, yeah. I think right. that Apocalypse Now is a perfect movie. I don't think I could ever convince my mom mm-hmm. to sit down and watch. You that can't movie. convince your mom to watch any movie because she doesn't watch movies. I couldn't convince her to watch an episode of What Just Happened. No. She turned around oh and started God. washing After dishes. Five minutes. Yeah. Um. Well, I know we're signing off, but I just want to bring up one other thing. No one said that about what well, seems like we are uh, about Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> and ask you guys what you think about this. Like, do mm-hmm. you think that Pulp Fiction influenced improv comedy in Whoa. the style of like, so we're having this scene or comedy in general? Like, yeah. I feel like it was the first uh, vignette movie. There were movies before it, of course, where it's like, okay, now we're following one character into another scene and another scene. I wonder, I don't know the history, but since you guys are all also comedians, like, mm-hmm. I feel like Quentin Tarantino influ- did more for improv comedy than Del Close. Uh, <laughs> wow, strong, very strong Whoa. take, very strong take. I don't disagree with you. I mean, yeah. I definitely think that that movie uh, led to, like, what people call, like, MTV-style editing, with, like, the quick cutaways yeah. and stuff like yeah. that, especially, like, what you see. I mean, I think that you don't have a movie like Run, Lola, Run without Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He definitely brought a certain style to the mainstream, and I think he just 
I don't know. Like the fact that Pulp Fiction is so iconic just speaks to the like his note. Like he's a notable filmmaker, and I do think it did it must have influenced so many things. The same way, like I don't know, like fucking what's his face, uh, the Duplass brothers and Mumblecore. You know oh, what I mean? Like you want to talk about nerdy male? No, but I'm saying film lovers. Edgar loves the Duplass. But, brothers. but I'm saying, I don't understand they, the hate against them. They're th- fine. There's no movies. hate. Boring I'm and uninspired. They bring, they bring a genre <laughs> to the mainstream yes. that maybe existed before in other ways. In other sure. ways, yes, but. People see it and they're like, "Oh, that I can do that in my films." And then whatever. what's yeah. what's also interesting is that like sometimes the wrong person gets attributed it, right? Like the Duplass brothers aren't the forefathers of mumblecore, even no, within that mumblecore no. subgenre. That's what I'm but saying. it's it's not even that. It's, like, it's the dogma filmmakers in Denmark in well, 1998. Yes, yeah. yes, them. But like that's like a, I mean, yes, yes, they're the ones who got it, and Mumblecore is a child of them. But I'm talking about like that Mumblecore scene that happened mm-hmm. in like the aughts. It's like Andrew Wojnarowski and people like that. Where, but well, they're all Andrew derivative Bujigar. of like mi- a minimalist type exactly. films that weren't yeah. quite Mumblecore. But exactly. right, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. You need like a I mean, yeah. from what it sounds like in, me, to my, in my opinion, Bujarowski. you just need Bujarowski. like a notable white male filmmaker to bring it to the mainstream, yeah. and yes. then they get all the credit for discovering. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. Barry so. Jenkins made a Mumblecore movie that I think is brilliant. Oh, oh the one with White Snack? Mm-hmm. Medicine for Melancholy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Is it good? I love it. A lot of people don't love it, but I love it. Yeah. Uh. Well. Yeah. That is a shame. I wonder if we will ever have a director in the next, let's say, ten years, that is a woman who is as beloved and worshipped as your Quentin's, your Wes Anderson. I think Lynn. I think Lynn Shelton could make a very strong argument. Anna Lily. Maybe. But oh, wait, that's what I meant. Lynn Ramsey. Lynn Shelton is a very what, different yeah. film. The last one yeah. didn't do that well, I thought. Oh, I don't know. The one with, She's, what's his name? Who? Sorry. Anna Lily Amirpour. Her oh, last her. film, the the like apocalypse one. Oh, oh, um, The Bad Batch. The Bad Batch. I feel like that didn't really do it. Check out Lynn Ramsey, everybody. Yeah, Not Lynn Ramsey. Lynn Sh- oh, I mean, also check out Lynn Shelton. She's a I great mean, director, Lynn, too. Lynn but Ramsey I think also we're, in, we're out of the age. I think you're right. I don't, Anna, I think Anna. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're fine. I think uh, we can't, like, because everything's getting picked apart. If Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. was picked, if Pulp Fiction was picked yeah. apart the way that we're picking apart Once Upon a Time, if we were woke back then, yeah, he wouldn't be that I, big, Here's right? my counter to you. I think Damien Chazelle is going to be as big as Quentin. Of course oh, he is. Oh, I mean, he's already on that path. Yeah. But I'm and not going to mean it. First, first, first Man wasn't as celebrated as it should have been. I think it's better. It was than, great. I think it's better than La La Land. I mean, but, I and La La, La, La Land, Land. But La La Land engendered all of that criticism mm-hmm. of like, this is, uh, why Why of all things would you choose a white jazz musician? And It shrugged it all off. In, in LA, this diverse city, your leads are all, for the most part, white. Uh, Two white people. I mean, but look at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <sighs> but can it was we, LA in the sixties. <laughs> the brown people hadn't arrived yet. <laughs> but I mean, but I think they didn't matter. It was the sixties. They didn't matter. I think someone, as someone who didn't watch a lot of American cinema until like in my early twenties, I think I, I, I didn't, re- I don't, re- I didn't relate to so many things. Like, I didn't watch any Woody Allen film until I was like nineteen. I still haven't seen a lot of. I've them. literally I seen never any of the watched one. I have. I've only watched Blue honestly, Jasmine. I really, oh wait, I have seen Blue Jasmine. And Midnight Jasmine in Paris. That's the only two I've I'm ever a, seen. I'm too problematic about Woody Allen. I can't. I mean, he's needs to 
go away. But, he does, um, but I like some of them. Oh, to save Anna, <laughs> uh, where can people find you, Carrie cool. O'Neill? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at I am Carrie O'Neill. Uh, those opinions are all of my own and any employer I might have in the past or future. So hire me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people should look out for that. For Griff, it's coming. I feel it. Uh, it might, it may be coming. Look, uh, just look out for me in general. Like, I just need a bit of a. Uh, does anyone want to like give me a hug, a handhold, throw a blanket mm. over my shoulders? Just keep an eye out for me. You know, if you see me, ask how I'm doing. I need that right now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Shireen, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at shirohero. S H E E R O H E R O, and then Twitter at shirohero six six six. I make films. I write poetry. I have a book on Amazon you can buy. You have another book coming out soon that you're working on. Yeah. I mean, it's too early to say when it'll happen, but I am working on it. And yeah. Um, now, here's something I know about your poetry. You don't enjoy when people read it in front of you. <laughs> who? Oh, my God. Who would? Who would enjoy it? like, watching your film in front of someone? Like, no. Oh, I love that. Oh, no. <laughs> um, just a lot of my stuff is really personal. As I, like a lot of people's stuff is personal. We shot a short film on last weekend, and you were using your book as a prop, <laughs> and the AC started reading it. And you went, don't do that. Like, you had, like, such a strong reaction to him reading your poetry. Yeah, you can do it in private <laughs> when I'm not around. But, yeah, um, thanks for having me. Karen, I mean, it was so nice to... It's Carrie. I so just, I don't think I it was it that nice to meet I her. I said it, and then I stopped myself. I think it's okay because the first word out of your mouth was DiCaprio earlier. So <laughs> I'm okay with Karen. DiCaprio. It was lovely to talk to you. I know. It was I so can't nice wait to, to just read about all your opinions on Twitter. <laughs> oh God, yeah, that's the only place that they'll be. So um, just Anna, where can people yeah. find you? Bad Comics with an X by Anna with two N's on Instagram and Twitter. And you have a, a, a sketch right now making the rounds on based off of the film Midsommar. Yeah. It's uh, hilarious. Thank you so much. So funny. You got to watch it to the end to get the joke. Yeah. That's the thing about Twitter videos. People don't... Well, one, you don't watch them with sound until... The funny thing Wait, is happens. it more than yeah. 30 seconds? I don't have the bandwidth. No, it's maybe 45 I'm kidding, seconds. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, but it, the joke hits at like 32. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's very, uh, very Instagram-friendly. Oh, uh, you got DJ Dan in the lab. Oh, boy. Um, thanks for having us, Edgar. Oh, of course, of course. DJ Dan, where can people find you? He... Keep an there eye out go. for DJ Dan DJ also. Dan. Oh, DJ hell Dan. yeah. Yeah, follow me on social media and in person. It'll be fun. You can yeah. find Jaquise at Jaquise Neal on all social media. Where you can is Jaquise? Where could I find Why him today? Why are you plugging him in? He's not even here. You yeah. add to something that I something that I do, even though when he's not here. He's I don't know if he you. does it. He's a he, he actually does do it because I was here when you were not here. Yeah, okay. so sweet. That's yeah. Nice. So then at Jaquise on all social at Jaquise Neal on all social media. Jaquise is doing something very huge today that could change his life. And <gasps> I'm definitely wishing him luck. Is it an audition uh, or marriage? At Jaquise Neal on all social media. <laughs> you can find me at Edgar Mobus here on Twitter, at AwfulGram on Instagram. Guys, we are running out of time for summer, but it is okay because fall is on its way. And you can get some nice, nice hoodies over at tpublic.com slash culture kings. Get ready for that nice brisk. I'm over summer, by the that way. Was, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I love summer. Can I shut your mouth? A great segue. Well, thank great. you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, I hate it. It's so hot. 
and I, I, I can't fit in tank tops nicely anymore with the current body that I have. So, uh, uh, you know, I want hoodies back. I can hide everything under a hoodie. Let me step hoodie. in here. I know we had a, a podcast about a movie. You could wear a hoodie in the summer to the movie theater. Oh, they keep oh, it kind of chilled. It was cold. It's true. That is true. You could get up to any August, July. That's true. That's true. So get those hoodies and just go straight. The moment you open it, go straight to the cinema. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, this is NP Edgar. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.